When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man Cody. You can follow Cody on Twitter at Cody Smith TFDR. I am at Trophy Chase TFDR. Make sure you do check out everything that's going on in the Destination Debbie community over at patreon.com forward slash all gas. You can find us in the Heisman tier. And then make sure you're either, either in the Heisman tier or the Destination 5 tier. So you have access to all of the content creators that are available on this network voice chat is is popping we have an incredible dispersal going on right now so there's chat all the time about what's going on and then uh yeah man what other shout outs we got to hear before we get into what's going on this week well i think the first thing if you're not an outdated boomer you got to follow me on x at cody smith tfdr not on twitter um, ah, yeah can't, can't go back yes. into that dude it's <laughs> it's literally the hardest thing every single content creator that i listen to is like you can follow me on x slash twitter like nobody knows what to call it right now it's god awful but no x twitter you can follow us over there definitely the easiest way to reach out to us though is that heisman discord that's where we're at all the time patreon.com forward slash all gas that is where we live breathe and die with fantasy football wow. every single day <laughs> and we are going to be in there a lot of the time over the next couple of weeks as we do these dispersal auctions for some of our biggest premium leagues and hvv and royal rumble that i was the champion and took down last year you were the one who took it down the year before so we got to try to run back a three-peat of an overreaction podcast royal rumble team maybe we try to sneak our way into an hvv one as well We'll see what happens, but we are in full-on startup season. Absolutely one of my favorite times of year, but we also have a combine season. We have this rookie season as well. It's an awesome part of the NFL season, and it feels like we just got out of the 2023 season, too. We're right into the thick of things already for 2024. Yeah, and speaking of thick of things in 2024, we have the big boards going on over at Underdog Fantasy, so make sure you do use promo code WAKEUP. And you will get up to a $100 deposit match on your first time deposit. So again, code wake up over at underdog fantasy. I know I've been hammering those out. We've been recording some videos on those as well. Uh, so again, I know Gene and I put out content on that. So make sure you tap into what they're doing. Uh, so do listen in and find out what's going on with all of these underdog drafts. But yeah, man, it is it is the heart of the offseason. We have the combine coming up this week. Next week, we have 
official. I mean, we've already had T Higgins get tagged, but we're going to have all of our, our tags in. So we'll know the franchise tags and then we'll have the following week, I believe is when we're going to have tampering slash free agency officially starting up. So, Yes, big things this offseason. My favorite time of year, probably before we have this long month gap between the actual draft and a little bit of a a lull in our off season. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a really fun time between there. We're in the lying season as a lot of people try to call it. Um, We will see some of these things. Some of them have already been leaking out about these franchise tags and everything. We're not going to get into them today because we got a little bit of a different episode for you that we uh, have done a little bit in the past, but one of our favorite episodes that I think we've ever done on the mic together. So wanted to bring it here to y'all on the overreaction podcast. And that is about, the running back class now we did have a little bit of news come out about one of the running backs that we're going to talk about here later and so a little bit of that information might be a little bit outdated and that is jonathan brooks his uh his agent came out and said that he was on track to participate in training camp and that's a very different like seven month outlook compared to a nine month outlook off of the acl from what we were projecting here later in the show so keep that one in mind whenever we're going through this we might have a little bit of different thoughts going forward but whenever we had the information i think we recorded this back one late last week so it's a it, i think this is one of our favorite shows though that we've ever put together so chase if you want to lead yeah. them into what we're doing here throughout the rest of the show go ahead and do that and we will see you on the other side next week this is our 2024 way too early rookie running back rankings pre-combine so as we drop this today we're going to be going through what is each of our top tens neither of us have heard each other so this is going to be a lot of fun to actually break down and hear as we go through this list and honestly cody as we do this it's kind of i could put 10 at one and one at 10 by by the time draft season rolls around it's kind of crazy this is an absolute fool's errand trying to rank this draft class right now at the running back position, just absolutely. I mean, you're going to see me probably have somebody at seven that Chase has at two. I'll have somebody at one that Chase has at five. I mean, I think we're going to be all over the place whenever we do this. It's because the running back class is not good. Like, I think everybody kind of knows that narrative by now, especially if you're tapping into this channel. I think you're very well aware that the running back class as a full narrative is not very good. And I think after both of us watching these top 10 to 20 guys that we've been watching the tape on, I think we can both say the running back class is not very good. We do not have a Brees Hall. We do not have a Jameer Gibbs. We do not have anything close, probably a quarter of Bijan Robinson in this class. So it's going to be an absolutely ridiculous exercise, honestly, to do right now. And we're going to probably have a much more, a much different list by the time that we get post NFL draft. And we can bring this list back to you then going to be completely different. Probably even some guys that we don't even talk about here who will be within our top like seven whenever we get to that point of the draft process. Right. But we have to bring it to you. We have to put a little bit of our film analysis into this. We're not too deep into the stats yet because we don't have all the stats for us. We'll get more of that next week whenever we get rid of really these combine, get the 40 times. But we wanted to put something on wax for you all and put these thoughts out there before we get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we want to start things off here with our top 10. And Cody, you're going to kick things off here with number 10. We're going to go 10 to 1 this time because a lot of times it's easy. It's more chalk at the top and this week we may have some shockingness at the top so would love to i can't wait to see when we get there but kick us off with number 10 who do you got at number 10 i'm not going to start with number 10 i'm going to give the people our 12 and 11 because Uh, we were talking about this one before we went live 
we did have the same exact 11 and 12 before we went live and it's Cody Schrader at 12 and then Marshawn Lloyd at 11. And we both wanted, I think we both wanted to put both of those guys in our top 10, but this class is just so flat within this like six or seven and beyond range. Like I could have running back 14 at running back seven right now. And I would, if you had that, I wouldn't have any issue with it right now, but I just wanted to give the shout out to the two guys that we had talked about right before we went live of Cody Schrader and Marshawn Lloyd, just being right outside there easily guys. If they got draft capital, if they had good combines, uh, obviously Cody Schrader did well, at least a little bit at senior bowl week. So I think those could be a little bit of risers. We'll see where they go whenever we get there, but let's get into 10 and let's start this list. And I'm going to start off with who I have had as saying he is discount break. Jalen Allen, and it's going to be Audric Estime out of Notre Dame. A true, absolute hammer. It's 6'1", 215, and I think 215 might be a little bit generous to Audric Estime. This dude looks like he might be closer to 225 whenever he weighs in at the Combine next week. A true north and south absolute bruiser of a runner who has some pass catching ability, but he's not going to be anything once he catches the ball like he's not a plus once he does that however he will he shows off some athleticism sometimes because he loves to hurdle people like out of just nowhere you see this 6'2 215 guy just leapfrog guys and now normally he gets clipped a little bit but he does try it and he has a little bit more athleticism than i think people will give him credit for but at the next level i just see him as a one and two down bruiser where do you have him, Chase? Because it's a hard rank for me because I know we were talking about him a little bit before we went live, and I could see him getting a role where he's like a uh, – we, we just talked about him out of out of Washington. But he, he could uh, be Dylan that – yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he could be that. But does that role exist for him? I don't know, and I don't know if he's as good in that role. So he's discount Braylon Allen to me, and he comes in here at 10. We're kicking things off with, with a banger because I have <laughs> I have Estime all the way up at five. And again, this is exactly like how this class works out. And, and, and as you mentioned, you, you highlighted some of the key things there. He doesn't have like elite breakaway speed where he's going to be some burner. Like that is not his skill set. But he is a big physical guy. He has the build and skill set to to potentially be in on third downs for pass prote- protection, which is one of those things where I look at, you know, how is this going to translate to the NFL? Can he get into a system or into a, 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 a place where he has an opportunity opportunity to be that one and two down guy Um, if he can he might actually be on the field a lot more than we anticipate Uh, but i do like how he gets north and south as you mentioned he has some good you know lateral agility and it just really comes down to to landing spot for me and and with with what he can do and i think he's going to be like one of those guys that like nfl teams love so i feel like if that's going to be a situation for him give me some capital give me a good landing spot i'm going to take some audrey guys today I do like it. I, I'm not as high as you, but if he land, if he landed in the right spot where there was nothing else and he could legitimately serve as that quote unquote workhorse rollback that doesn't exist in the NFL anymore, then yeah, I would be probably right up there with you putting him five or higher even whenever we get post draft, but I can't do it right now. So give me who you've got as your 10 so we can get your 10 and we're, we'll see where he lands on my board at that point. I am going to go with a true burner here, and I, I just think that the speed kills. I uh, We didn't see a lot of him. We didn't get to see him at the Senior Bowl, which I, I think he's going to be a big-time riser here in the combine. But I'm going to go with one Jalen Wright from Tennessee. Um, I do think that he has the skill set to be a massive riser, and, and that's why I, I'm putting him here today simply because of, of – 
where we're at in the process. I do think that he's probably going to be top five for me when all is said and done uh, because of his, you know, speed, his his tackle breaking ability, his his game breaking ability. I think the NFL is going to find a great role. I knew it. I, and so I, I got to see where Cody <laughs> just dropped him in here. I, I love his skill set. I absolutely do. I like what I saw on film. But I do want to to see what the NFL's perspective of him is. So I think he's going to be probably like he's my biggest riser. Like that's exactly why I was saying that right from the rip. Like he's going to rise for me as this process goes on, and it's probably going to end up being top five. But uh, let's see, hear why you have him all the way up at number three. So I will say he was one of the later guys that I had watched. I came in with a completely blank slate. The only things that I heard about him, I think like Daniel Jeremiah, I heard had him at like RB two, and I was like. I haven't even watched this guy yet. He was on the bottom. He was in the bottom five of my top 15, top 20 list to watch to put this list together. And then I turn on the tape and man has everything from size speed comparison that I want five eleven, two hundred. 200. So he's at least built up enough like that. Um, he plays split out within this offense. He, he is a lot of this offense. There's a little bit of a contact balance concern, but his speed skill, his speed agility combo is just absolutely there. There's only two other guys that I think have this in that class and guess where they are. They're number one and number two for me. So he, he has a way legitimately at the, the one that I sent uh, our guy, Ty declare, I sent him my entire list of what I just watched because we were talking right before or during the time that I was watching Jalen Wright. And I sent him the list of all of my notes of the cut up. And the one that he the one that he picked out is like this thing that he does where there's there's this little like chop down or this like His quick shuffle ability. This His chop and then he hesitates and then bursts. So I call it this this chop hezy burst thing that he does is one of the best things that I've seen in all of, all of this game from any any of these running backs. Like that little move right there where he's able to just at full speed break down, do a chop step burst and then go forward again. One of the best that I like one of the best moves that I've seen out of any of the RBs in this class. Absolutely do love Jalen Wright. I think he's he, he didn't get the opportunity to really serve as a pass catching back within Tennessee, but again, you have Joe Milton who if you've watched any Joe Milton, um, one, he's never going to check that ball down. He's going to run it himself. Or like I've seen multiple times, he throws it off the defensive lineman's head back to himself and then runs it for eight yards. So why would you need your running back to catch the ball whenever he does that? I think he's very serviceable as a pass catcher whenever he did get the ball. Legitimately, I, I did not have any expectations coming in for Jalen Wright. And he watching him was an absolute treat. Yeah, I, I the note that I put down here, which you, you, your hezy burst thing that you talked about there, um, was like he has that elite like darting, like it's a stop and go type of thing, and like just the the way that he uses his feet and his speed and his agility, like it's just it, it is kind of it's special, like and that's that is what I think NFL teams are going to see. I think when he is at the combine, he's really going to get to showcase his true ability. So let's get into number nine here. We're already 10 minutes in. We got four, <laughs> two names off the list here. Uh, who do you got at number nine? You, you got to one of my favorite guys. So I think we had yeah, to spend a little bit more time on that absolutely. one, but um, I'm going to go with number nine here. Dylan Johnson out of Washington, truthfully, one of the best pass catching running backs in this class. I mean, whenever you put up a season that has, I believe it's in the sixties, right. Of your, your best receiving year, whenever he was at Mississippi state. Yeah. 65 catch, 
a 65 reception season as a running back. Those are wide receiver numbers in college. Like you should not be able to do that. Now it went down to 24 and whenever he was in Washington in his senior year, but you're playing with three, probably top four round wide receivers within that offense. Um, he runs. I, I, I do think that he's more of a pass catching running back though. Whenever I see him run through the tackles, he runs high. He has this weird, like wild movement to him. That's like, he tries to cut, but then it just like gets his entire body out of control. And it's incredibly wild. Um, I, I think he has a little bit of like a gap scheme runner. I don't think he really does well within the zone concepts that they were running there. So I, I don't think he comps well as just a pure like rushing back within the league. But if he's kind of like more of a scat back, can find himself in a role where he gets a receiving opportunity. I think that's where you could see Dylan Johnson being pretty good in the NFL. Yeah, my struggles with with him was like, first of all, like you said, he's a very good pass catcher, but he's not very good in pass pass protection, which is a concern for me whenever I look at NFL, like the next level wasn't very good in pass protection. And, and then when it comes down to like, I didn't think he was awful running between the tackles, but he, he wasn't, he didn't make anyone really miss. It wasn't like he had anything special to be like super elusive or anything like that. I think he could be a, a plotter essentially up, you know, through the middle and be, you know, effective on the ground enough for a running, you know, a few times through through the a gap and b gap if he needs to but in the end i just don't know what his role is going to be in the nfl and i think that's where my struggle is with him i like things that he did but i just don't think that you know if he ends up in a situation where like they want your running backs to pass block and you you know you find you know again ron rivera is out thankfully but you know that's why Gibby had such a hard time. He's like, he could, could not figure out a way to stay on the field for third downs. And, and it's like, all right, well, that's that. So Dylan Johnson could just be a guy that plods through the NFL and is, is just a body. He needs a landing spot that like is perfect for him, for me to, to truly showcase his ability. I do agree with that. However, I will say for Dylan Johnson, whoever is drafting on sleeper, he should not be the last running back in ADP. Like it's is nowhere close. This Nowhere close to the last running back. He's much more a top 10 running back than he is at like running back 30 currently on sleeper. So like, I, I just want to put that out there. If any of you are doing mock drafts on sleeper, do not leave four rounds of a mock draft without drafting Dylan Johnson. So your number nine was my number nine. So that was actually something we were in lockstep on. Love to see that number eight here. I'm just going to dive into to someone who, who had a lot of hype, you know, from Clemson is going to be Will Shipley. Um, I, I like Will Shipley. I do. I think he's gotten a bad rap lately. I, I do think that uh, everyone just thinks he's, you know, they, they expect him to be CMC because he's so white running back that is supposed to have some pass catching. Oh, look at that. Well, we both have the same number eight here. Isn't that a coincidence? I, that's actually funny. So, yeah, no, but I love his stop start ability. I do think that he struggles with certain areas. I think he has pass catching ability. Um, he, he's an ex- instinctive runner. Uh, just one of those guys I feel like could be very good, but his role in the NFL I don't know what it's going to be. Same thing with Dylan Johnson. I just don't know where Will Shipley actually fits in the NFL as a he's not a he's not a you know first and second down grinder. He's just that's just not his role. Like he you you want him on the second and third downs, I guess. Like maybe. Um, but he is a good ha- you know pass catcher, so I do think that he's going to have that trait uh, translate to the NFL and has good uh, you know decent enough explosion. I do want to see what he does at the combine and how he weighs in and measures up. But uh, it seems like Will Shipley lately he's kind of gotten a bad rap. Yeah, I think he's got I think it's because we we came into the if you're in the Debbie circles at all, like Will Shipley was like a top three running back that was supposed to come out in this class. And that's just never really coming to fruition because of 
one, I don't think he was ever really there. And then Clemson has been God awful for the last couple of years as well. So both of those things combining and the fallout of where you thought he was going to be and what you thought he was doesn't really come to fruition. But I agree with you. Um, it, it, there's just nothing uh, like I really love the pass catching ability. I really love that. And I think he could be that like third down, third down type of back. I don't really know what that pass protection aspect looks like at this point. Does he need to improve on that or does he not? That's more for the uh, NFL circles to say for me at this point of where, where I got to in the film analysis. But with the running with the running game, like he has he has a lot of burst, but there's a lot of times that he's just running like he he does this thing where he runs off the back of the tackle almost to a fault and then just runs into the tackle and gets tackled like it's it's weird that he does that. And then he tries to also push things to the outside sometimes and he should be able to turn the corner with the speed and then it just doesn't happen at the collegiate level and you're not going to turn the corner at the NFL level if you can't turn the corner at the collegiate level, you know, so like. <laughs> I don't think he has the ability to really be an outside runner in the NFL either, but he has enough ability to be a third down pass catcher and have some work within the running game as well. I, I think you're my, you, you and me had basically the same observations when we, we took down Will Shipley on this one. He's got that burst, but there's just things lacking within the game to really put him up any higher than eight. Yep. Completely agree. All right. So we both had number nine and number eight at the same, who you got at number seven here. All right, this is where we're going to go off and we're going to go over to the middle of the country and we're going to go with Kentucky Ray Davis no or shot. as other people would like to call it, Ramon Walter Zamar Jamar Davis, which is his actual legal name, which is one of the dopest names, which honestly it might have put him up over Wilship. It didn't, but that name should put him up and we are in lockstep on these last three. That's insane for what this running back class is. We were talking beforehand of like, how much we were going to be off and it was just going to be a wild cluster fest through all of this and now we have three in a row that are all exactly ranked the same way <laughs> absolutely love this but going through this and the thing that's going to bring ray davis honestly down for me to seven and i would like to have him up at like five honestly but he's coming in let me bring up his player card here coming in in his first week in the nfl as a in week one he's going to be almost 25 years old and a lot of people are going to write him off just on that alone uh, because you don't like old running backs. That's a late breakout age. But if you really go through this, I'm going to go through a little bit here. He had COVID. He went through the COVID season. He had an injury that cut his 2020 and 21 season short. Coming in as one of the oldest prospects in the class, though, in my mind, he's a discount Blake Corum. Like that. That's kind of the the verbiage that I put to Ray Davis here. I don't think he's as shifty as Ray Day, or I don't think he's as shifty as Corum, but he's got a decent receiving profile. He stays very compact whenever he's running, and he just has this ability to just kind of be like this bowling ball running back that actually has more he has more agility and he has more speed than I think you would imagine for a guy who what is like five nine two twenty probably whenever he weighs in at the combine. Absolutely, just bowling ball running back that has more athleticism than I think you would imagine just from single plays, but then you see it whenever he has these breakout plays. So I think he's an all-around just solid running back, but I don't think there's anything truly special about Ray Davis. But compared with the age and everything, I, th I think he slots in here perfectly at seven compared to all these guys that we have massive questions about. I think he's one of these guys that you can really just trust, like just plug in and he can find a role within an offense, but it probably won't be like overly exciting. Yeah, big, uh, as far as weight-wise, big physical kind of 
player. Um, very Abram Smith-ish from Baylor and Kendra Miller-ish in a way. Uh, like in between there, I just, I don't know what his actual, he, he's going to have to, again, these are all guys that like have to land in a spot where the NFL can find a way to use them. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for. Availability is the best ability. So if he can stay, you know, be a durable, reliable guy, I'd, I'd be excited to see Ray Davis on on, on my NFL team. So uh, I just don't know fantasy wise how that's going to translate for us uh, going forward. So, all from right, Temple from Temple to Vanderbilt to Kentucky is a pretty impressive path to get here, though. It is, and he was you know he he did it at Vanderbilt and at uh, Kentucky thousand yards each year. So like he he's, he was he able almost to do put it. up a thousand yards at Temple too like, in, his, exactly. in his true freshman year. So, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, like the, the top end speed isn't going to be there for him. But uh, if he gets, gets into a situation where he could find a role as an early down back uh, between the tackles kind of guy, I'd be very excited for Ray Davis. So this is where I think I'm going to upset you. And I know you're going to have to talk about him, but we are going to go into my number six. And it's a guy that you are extremely high on. It's one Bucky. unfortunate. Irving. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want you. I knew you were. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to get into just just real quick. I'll not. I'll give you my knocks, and this is something that we've kind of talked about off air. I, I like his his shiftiness, his 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 big playability. I like. There's lots I like about him. My concern, again, what I've said for the last four of these is role. I just don't know how he fits into an NFL offense unless they can try to use him as like a second and third down running back. I, I feel like he's a guy that could carve out a nice 45, 50% role in an offense where he gets 45, 50% of the snaps can be efficient. However, my concern is he gets into a situation that doesn't suit his skill set, and he is just a guy. So tell me why you have him at number one. So I think we have to look at this whole class as a whole to really understand why I have him at one. None of these guys, in my opinion, are going to be anything more than 50% guys. Like, I do not see any of these guys really commanding an entire backfield. We have one of the best free agency draft classes that we have ever had in the NFL. Because all of your guys that are 2017, the Mixins, um, all, all of those guys are still coming out and they're going to find new homes this year. Yep. You've already got secondary running backs behind all of them. So then you're going to get into all of those guys just eating other jobs. And then tell me a position in the NFL right now that is just truly devoid of a running back. I can't name one. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to say that Mixon is cut and then you have Chase Brown. And even Chase Brown is probably equivalent to all these guys. And so I have trouble ranking them. And this is why Bucky ever comes in as my one. Do I think he has the upside? to be a RB1 overall? No. However, do I like his game the most? And do I think that he finds in a role? And because he has such a defined skill set that he's going to find a role, like it, it's it's all it's all going to be dependent on the draft, right? If Bucky Irving could fall to my six very easily, but he's the player that I like watching the most in this class. And I think he has the most upside out of anybody in this class within his role, not to serve as an RB1 in fantasy, but I think he has the most NFL upside within his role in this class. And so it's a little bit of like, an, is the NFL ranking better for me? Is the fantasy ranking better for me? I don't know, but I think he has a defined role and I think NFL teams know that. So let's get into his role. He plays split out. He is a massively 
positive pass catcher. He's good in between the tackles, better for what his size relates him to. He can his lateral movement is probably best in this class outside of maybe one of the other. No, honestly, no. His best in this class is his start-stop ability to go horizontal and then go back up vertical. Now you are playing in this Pac-12 offense. He's playing in Oregon. If you want to say all these things, I fully understand it. I don't agree. They're still top five, power five conference defenses. Now, do you play Colorado sometimes? Yes, you do. But literally one of one of the best running backs that I think is in this class, we comped him and I actually comped him first. Let's just put it out there on wax. I <laughs> comped him to a souped up Devin Singletary. Now, does that role really excite you? No, but it really did this year whenever he found his perfect home with this zone scheme running game within this Houston Texans organization that came out of the Kyle Shanahan system, right? And if he lands in one of those type of systems, now, does that role exist right now? It's very questionable. Like if he went to Houston and filled in as Devin Singletary, I'd be massively excited. <laughs> and I think he would actually have RB1 upside potentially. But it, it, it's a it's a really hard it's a really hard prospect for me to grade, and all of these guys are definitely hard to put one to ten. But Bucky Irving's my favorite running back in this class. Does he have the best upside of this class? No, but I, I think he's the most solid locked in running back prospect out of any of these guys, outside of one guy. But there's some other circumstances that make me drop him a little lower. And, and I wanted you to at least touch on it because I knew you, you were super high on Bucky. Um, again, my concerns are, are just, they are what they are. I, I want to see how they, they use him in the NFL. You know, again, Devon Achan is, is a guy who is a little bit slider frame, so it's not the same kind of conversation, but you talk about a guy that has a lot of burst, a lot of a, a agility and ability, and he can hit those home runs. Bucky Irving absolutely has that ability. But again, if, if, if he doesn't go to a situation that can showcase those abilities, that's my concern. So uh, do like the player. And again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, and I want to keep hammering this home, 10 through 1, We as we've seen, he has 10, I have 5. I, I'm at 6 with Irving. He's at 1. We can literally flip these guys around as this process goes along, but this is kind of where we're at today. So let's get seven through nine th though. We were good. We were good. <laughs> we lockstep lockstep. All right. Who you got at six? Uh, and then I'll go into my four and we'll do, we'll go from there. Oh yeah. This is, this is on me, right? Okay. So this is where I think we're going to have basically what you did to me with Bucky Irving. I think I'm going to do with you to you with this player. And that's going to be one guy that I know you've talked about before. And we had the conversation of your priors taking a little bit better of you potentially. But this is Trey Benson for me coming in at six out of Florida State. Um, I wanted so much more out of everything I watched out of Florida State. Literally every single part of Florida State that I have watched between Keon Coleman. Johnny Wilson has actually been the best watch that I've had out of Florida State. Out of anything that I've watched, it's been Johnny Wilson has been probably the best player that I actually like out of Florida State. Relative well, to cost a little bit. No, on, honestly, I, I could see him being he wouldn't be a true tight end. He'd be like a slot Y. But anyway, I wanted a lot more out of Trey Benson. And I know people will have him as RB1 in this class. I know a lot of people who do. I've listened to a lot of shows who do have him as RB1, RB2 in this class. And they love the the home run ability. They love they love vision. They love a little bit. But what he lacks is what I like in the running back and what we just saw with Bucky Irving. He does not have lateral movement. 
this is a guy who, in my opinion, runs like Zach Evans. He runs, he is a angle runner who, if he tries to cut laterally, like true horizontally at a 90 degree angle, he has no ability to regain momentum. And you want to know know who I said he was? Because just because you said you you went off on Evans, I had Tank Bigsby. It's just (laughs) kind of funny. So, yeah, continue going on, but it's like that's like the kind of thought process that I had too. Um, so yeah, but, but he's a, he's a very good angle runner. Um, and I, I think he has very good vision within the angle running, but if you're asking him to break down and make a guy miss, I don't, I've, I have not seen that pop up on tape, at least consistently. Now, does he have the ability? Does he do it? Yes. But w- whenever he gets to the second level, it's just like, man, you, you need to make this guy miss. And unless you have the angle on him already and you just, he just uses his speed to get outside of him. I haven't seen it with Trey Benson. Now, does he have that speed? Does he have pretty elite athleticism? Yes. And that's why he's all the way up here at six for me. But I need to see a lot more out of the running back position than just being an angle runner. And I see a lot of Zach Evans, who was, I mean, if you if you were following along with this show last year, one of my most hated guys, I do think he's a lot better than Zach Evans. But I, I get a lot of glimpses of the same thing. So I'm with you on the the lateral ability. I do think that his his burst acceleration wise, the things that he can do, like going as a downhill runner, is why I do like Trey Benson. Um, I, he's not like elite as a pass catcher, but he's not a zero. I think he has the ability if they decided to use him in a in a in some sort of role. I think he can catch the football. Um, I don't think he's like elite pass catcher by any stretch, but he's not a zero. So he's right in the middle of the pack for that for me. I have concerns. I, I know people talk about his vision a lot, but there there are some times like I, I saw him like just kind of miss holes, and so I was a little I, I don't know. There there were times I was like a little concerned about the vision, but for the most part, like he was very he finds a hole, gets north south, and goes, and like that's just what he does. So for for me, it's downfield vision. Like I, I don't yeah. see it within the line, Next but once level. he's past the second line, yeah. then he's able to use those angles very, very well. Like he, he's able to put that angle on a guy to where he knows he won't catch up with the speed. But in the backfield, it's a little bit more suspect. And that's kind of what I saw the same with Zach Evans of like, he just uses athleticism to get around these guys at college and good luck translating it because yeah. you're, you're not just getting on an angle in a, on, a, on a middle linebacker or, or a safety to beat that guy. You're not doing it with your side. Like the speed size combo, which is why I think a lot of people like him, it's 6'1", 210, 215. I think that's why a lot of guys like him whenever you comp that with the athleticism that he does show at times, but I don't see the full running back ability within him. And this is the thing that people do I hate when I whenever I say this, when people talk about this, but he does have injury history. Durability concerns are are legitimately there, and he's a, a physical runner. So I, I am curious to see his running style going forward. He plays at a position that's replaceable. And again, he's not like he's some special back where I think he's going to stick around. So anyways, that's what I still have met for. I do like the ability. I think he could be a guy that's on the field a lot, which is why I wanted Trey Benson up here at four. Who do you have at number five? So, I mean, we've only got three people left on the board for both of us. So I think we can nix off all of these names that are on the, uh, I I threw them all in there just in case somebody went a little bit wild. Good to see that we were pretty consistent within our top 10 though. Actually, 
literally all of our, all of our top, top 10. 10. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> all of our top 10 was exactly the same. We were, we were really fretting that one before we came live. Um, okay, so five for me is going to be Blake Corum. Um, I wanted, as much as I wanted out of Trey Benson, I just wanted to see more. I've had Blake Corum just like through narrative, through watching Michigan games, and I hadn't really dove into film. Blake Corum has probably been my one throughout this entire process. And to put him here at five is honestly just depressing. It's just, I, I don't see enough out of him, man. Like he just runs for two or three yards so many times. And you think that with this guy who I'll pull up the player card for him, he has what, 27 touchdowns or something like that within, within his senior year. But I think it's a lot out of what happened within this offense. I can't find the player card right now. But yes, 27 rushing touchdowns in this year. So like you, you think everything statistically wise looks really good. And then I watch film and he just runs three yards ahead, three yards ahead, three yards ahead. And he does it 26 times a game. And then he breaks one for 40 yards. And by the end of the game, he ends up with 144 yards. And... I just wanted so much more out of him, man. He he's he's very good still. He's got lateral agility. He's this bowling ball running back who does run with physicality. But with seven, seven is what this Michigan offensive line is saying that they're going to put into the NFL. Seven offensive linemen who are true NFL prospects, you should be able to do more than what you did <laughs> consistently running the ball up the gut and just falling down for three yards. I didn't see enough to put him any higher than five. Like he's still very good, but I wanted so much more. Probably my most disappointing prospect in this class. So this is one of the guys that when we were talking about this earlier, like I feel like my priors were really tough to let go of uh, because of what we saw last year. And I, my, my concerns from last year were frame and size. And I, and I feel like that that's a, a thing that's going away in terms of like how we think about running backs or how we think about skill players in the NFL in general. And so I was trying to block that out of my mind. And so when I looked at like what was going on this year, I talk about pass protection a lot because I do think that that's an important skill set for players to be in on third down. He doesn't really have that to his game, not a big pass catching running back. I like. I feel like I need to have him lower. So I, I, I'm actually happy you have him where you do, because like I just didn't have the balls to do it, and just owning <laughs> owning that up like right now. Like I have him there because of the priors, and I feel like he's still going to get capital. I feel like people are still going to like him, and, and like the the because I have priors, I feel like there's going to be other people that have priors as well. And as a fantasy asset, that's sellable. But you said nothing there that wasn't true. <laughs> I think that's like my biggest concern. <laughs> but man, he he's a he's a grinder, man. Like he, he is an absolutely. absolute grinder, and I absolutely love his play, like his play style, his ability. Um, you know, it, where he has his. You talk about pad level a lot. You know, people that are running high. He's he's a very he's a five eight guy that runs at five foot. Like <laughs> his technique is 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 unreal for the running back position. It's just I. Yeah, I should have him lower. There's no athleticism thing that like really stands out. Like he he has he has that like horizontal agility that I really like, but he doesn't have like 
He doesn't have the burst out of it. He doesn't have long speed. He doesn't have anything other than just like a little bit of shiftiness through the line. And then I don't see that a lot of times whenever he's just running three yards into his own lineman and falling down. He, he does have some burst. But then, there's the, but then there's the big play and you're like, oh, yeah, shit, let's play exactly. Corum. You know, like that's the running back one in the class. Like you do see that sometimes whenever he goes and runs for a 75 yard touchdown. And then, and then you see the next 25 rushes for three yards and he falls over. <laughs> yeah. That's my concern. Exactly. And you, you, you highlighted it there. It's like, he has the home run ability. He has the big play. I feel like he can read a hole well, but it's almost like he sees contact coming or he's about to get tackled. And he's, it's kind of like Peyton Manning's like, ah, time to go down. And it's just, Okay, that's not you know three yards in a cloud of dust. Okay, not not really what I thought was going to happen for Blake Horm. So I think I should have him lower. I'm keeping him up here for right now. I'm hoping that I you know I can keep him up here. But there's some other guys on this list that I think will be rising throughout this process, and I think that he is one that I am right I'm there. Very, where I can I'm see very him. interested next week in combine because if he yeah. doesn't test well, he's going to plummet. Because he's small, undersized, and I don't think he's absolutely athletic like all these guys. Like I think he'd be like eight or nine athletically out of all these guys. He should be pretty good at some of the things. That he's obviously a big. He's physical. Like he's going to be a strong guy, um, and I think he, he's going to have some like lateral agility stuff. He's going to do fairly well at. But if he doesn't, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like if that doesn't show up, if he doesn't run, like, I think he has the home run speed. But if he doesn't show that, it's going to be a big big problem i think for blake Corum and fantasy communities already starting to spin the narrative of like he is a little bit too small he might be a little bit of a yeah. deuce vaughn type it's already going out there so i love blake Corum, but i could see a massive plummet for him so all right so uh, do you, want, do, me to do you do, want me to take four i was gonna say it's like do you want do you want to do this one and then hopefully save my number one for number one is uh, that we you... probably i'm hoping we do i'll all go right. with four so that way i'm hoping it's your three and then we can do one and two all at the right, same right. time and i do think there's a massive conversation if we do have that so i'm gonna go with four and it's gonna be braylon allen uh is my number four and hopefully your number three absolute bruiser at six two two forty almost he will get the derrick henry comps does he deserve it? No. I mean, he lost work to a uh, he, he lost work in his junior year coming out. Like you should not lose work to another guy. You should be the guy who's taking all of the work at college whenever you're the one of the best touted players at running back in your league. And he lost work to a couple of other guys within his own system. And that's not good to see. Now he's going to be a Debbie darling. I'm not putting him here because he's a Debbie darling. I really, I do play Debbie, but I don't have any priors. I basically don't have priors on these guys coming in because if you've seen my Debbie teams, there's maybe one or two Debbies on each of those teams and nothing else. Um, I, I do not have hardly any Debbie bias to these guys coming in, but I liked Braylon Allen a lot more than I thought I would because of the narrative coming out about him over the last couple of years. And that that's my biggest thing of like, or over the last year, I guess, because everybody started crapping on Braylon Allen during this last year, it feels like of like he he was one of those guys along with the Will Shipley, who was touted to be one of the best two running backs in this class. And then it just never really came to fruition. And while I didn't like Will Shipley as much, I actually really enjoyed watching Braylon Allen. Now, does he do it all the time? No, but he's a guy who could truly be a workhorse running back and who could fill that Derrick Henry-esque role. 
And I do think he has a lot more things other than that. He has the speed. He's got contact balance paired with his size. The only thing that I really have against him is he gets a little bit of like the these happy feet, as I like to call it, within the backfield, where if the hole is not there, he's just going to kind of stand in place and then get tackled because he doesn't really see the hole instead of just like, hey, you're 6'2", 220 or 240 almost. Just go get your four yards. And I'd love to see that a little bit more out of him, but a, a lot better player than I had imagined going in just because of the narrative around him. Yeah, I want to see his athletic testing. I really do, because I think that that's like the knock on him. He doesn't have home run speed. He doesn't, you know, do anything like overly like there's nothing, quote unquote, elite about his athleticism. He's big. He's physical. Um, it, dudes just bounce off of him because of his size. A.J. Dillon, like that's that's the name that that comes to mind is A.J. Dillon. And that's not a name that people love right now, but people did love him in fantasy for a little bit there. Like there was a, there was a time where everyone thought AJ Dillon was going to be the next big thing. And that's kind of how I see Braylon Allen right now. Not that I love that. Not that I hate that. I hope next week there's some new info, new insights that can help maybe change some of that. But that's right now the kind of comp that I have capable cast pass catcher, but there's there's nothing special about Braylon Allen like I think people thought there was you know a couple of years ago. And that's where I'm at. But I see you haven't really moved him yet. And uh, what, so where do you have him? Do you have him at that one or do you have him at that three? Because I'm hoping you have him at that three so we can talk about Jonathan Brooks, who just put it my two. I do have him at number three. And so this way we can jump into some Jonathan Brooks here. Um, as everyone knows, I. He tore his ACL. We got it. You know, he's injured. He's 20 years old. He's hurt. But everything that Jonathan Brooks did, like he was, he's the most well-rounded running back in this class. He does have things about himself that he does do well as far as like you're talking about special ability. Um, I do think that he has some good contact balance, uh, his, his breakaway ability, his ability to hit a hole. I think Texas didn't utilize him probably to hit the best of his ability, which was part of it. But, uh, I really liked what I saw out of Jonathan Brooks as a well-rounded running back who who could pretty much do everything from his rushing, his, his breaking tackles ability. He, he can catch the ball. Like, I think that was a huge plus for him as well is like he actually can be a plus in the pass catching game. Good pass pro as well. I, I, again, everything across the board. That is a guy that I feel like would be on the field for potentially three downs or at least get 60%, 65% of the workload in an offense. And that is what I want out of my running back position. I think he is, for me, I, he is RB1 and then it's a tier break. And that's that's the tier break for me. So this is the conversation because I believe he's RB1 if he doesn't tear his ACL. Fair. And that's the issue that I have of actually ranking him because honestly – depending on how the medicals play out and depending on when he can get back in the field and depending on when he can get back with his NFL team, I'm dropping him down to five. I'm dropping him down to six. Um, the unfortunate thing for me, I looked at the timeline of the ACL injury. He tore his ACL mid late November. So you assume that you probably have a November, late November ACL injury repair nine months out of that, that puts him on track for an early September return. And that's right at the start of the season. So if he misses all of OTAs, all of training camp, he misses all of rookie camp and he doesn't, he's not able to really ingrain himself within this offense. 
he's the next Kendra Miller. And that's the fear that I have because I would, I would put him at one. I'd really put him at one if this ACL didn't exist. And honestly, I felt bad putting him all the way down at five, but truthfully, once we get to draft day and if we have anything come out about his medicals, about him being on timeline to just start week one, I'm going to drop him all the way down to five. Because if you can't ingrain yourself within the offense as a rookie, you don't have time once you get into the season to learn the playbook, to gain trust within the team. You're just trying to recover, game plan, and go into the next game whenever you're in the season. And that's what we saw with Kendra Miller the entire time because he missed all of the offseason. And I love Jonathan Brooks, but unless you're willing to wait on a running back until year two, which I'm not in fantasy anymore, and with the changing of the position... Truthfully, if I'm doing fantasy rankings, I move him down even further than two, and I probably put him behind Blake Corum at five. I don't disagree with you, and I feel like this is a conversation that's been going on in, in the dynasty community for a while as far as like the running back position and, and the fact that their, their value is, what are they doing for you this year? And we know there's there's a good potential, there's a good chance that his production this year is going to take a hit simple as that whether that's whether that's just september whether that's just the the ramp up period of coming back from the injury it's going to take a hit and that's going to be the issue with jonathan brooks however i feel like that's how you can utilize that information to truly make a difference for your drafts and i feel like i still view him as something that's that valuable i do think everyone will drop him if he does not have a good timeline coming out the gate and that would be an opportunity for me to to go out there and get some you know Jonathan Brooks, just because he's going to be cheap. People are going to want to re-roll. And if I believe in the talent, you know, again, it's it's one year removed from the ACL. That is the typical standard running back stuff that we see. One year removed from, from the ACL. If I can stash him for a year, that's what I'm looking to do. He's had what? I think he's had one year truly as the primary running back. Only so, one year because you're playing behind Roshan. You're playing behind Bijan, but you put up... 1479 all-purpose yards in your one year wherever you had the role in 11 games yeah one of which you tore your acl in so you didn't even play the full 11 games yep the best running back in the class outside of an acl injury that's unfortunate 100 yep so I, I love the talent i do think i love the upside down horns i just noticed that again um, <laughs> um so I do think that he has the potential to be like the best running back in this class, the most fantasy relevant running back in this class, have the most productive role in this class as well. So I do think that there's going to be a team that's going to see the same thing and be willing to take a chance on him. It is just whether or not you are expecting production from him in your fantasy lineups this year. Um, you know, I, I think RB1 is going what the 203 ish to 207 range typically like it depends on your draft at least right now when we're doing some of these mocks like i've seen some higher you know up at 201 but i'm not there yet um, yeah i'm not there either i think it's about 203 204 <laughs> yeah so that's the kind of the range that you're looking at it's like all right if he's going to drop down to be a late second early third the I'm, interesting I'm in. thing for me though is if you go to underdog drafts He's the he's still the RB one. Yeah, that's that's where I can't get to. I, I throw no. that money away, people. Throw that money. Absolutely away. not. He, he should almost not be drafted in underdog drafts right now. Like uh, that. That's where I would be with his timeline that he's putting out. 
he should be at Dylan Johnson range. And thankfully, underdog is treating Dylan Johnson a little bit better than sleeper is at this point. And Dylan Johnson is actually within draftable range within like the 19th, 20th round. But I would throw Jonathan Brooks all the way back there. Like I, I love the talent of Jonathan Brooks. And there's some places that I might be willing to draft and hold him, but I still don't really want to do that on any dynasty team just because like, you know, that's a dead asset that you're taking on In my opinion, at least he's almost guaranteed like going on pup probably so that he can get a little bit more practice time in and he doesn't have any integration with the offense. Like it just screams Kendra Miller to me. And we both loved Kendra Miller last year. And we had this play out. Now, it wasn't exactly the same because he had an injury pop up in training camp and then right at the early preseason moment. And there was a couple of different injuries that he was dealing with. This one we know. And if you know that he's not going to be available, I just don't see how he gets in. So it's it's the toughest one. Jonathan Brooks is the toughest prospect for me in this class to really put a ranking on because... I, I I don't know what to do with him right now because he's my favorite one in the class. But if he doesn't play year one, he can't be ranked anywhere near there. And, and I, I completely agree with that. I think it's just for me, he's just a name that I'm I'm willing to monitor. Does he go to a situation where he, you talked about Kendra, where he's, they just brought in Jamal Williams and they paid him money. You know, obviously we saw how that played out in season. Wasn't all that great, but they paid him money, which again, theoretically they're going to put him over. him. You have Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the league. So Kendra Miller automatically was already at a disadvantage just based on the depth chart alone, let alone the fact that he had an, you know, the injury coming into the year. And then he had some of the things that, you know, got nicked up throughout and, and that caused some additional issues. But if Jonathan Brooks goes to a situation where he's behind, uh, Saquon uh, that's going to be a problem does he go to a situation where maybe he's in Houston and he's behind Devin Singletary that might not be as big of an issue you, you sit and you wait it out and hopefully later on in the year so like the situation is going to make a difference for him I still think production wise I, I saw you looking around there and you're, you're but he's behind Saquon when he's not playing year one and then Saquon who's probably on a one-year deal then goes away and then he takes over you know like that's that's the upside play that I imagine in my exa- mind. That's exactly it. But that, that that point that you just made right there is that there will absolutely be a buy window for Jonathan Brooks, yeah. depending on the situation that he goes into. So I'm willing to invest in him in rookie drafts for sure, because we are in multiple leagues where we have the ability to, to buy him in some places and, and not in others. So I'm definitely going to be investing in him. But he's also one that like if I miss out because someone's like, oh, that's my RB1, I'm taking him 204, you go right on ahead. I am happy to buy him from you week one when he's behind, you know, a, a somebody else. Maybe whenever he's on pup, yeah, when he's on pup, when his timeline comes out and it's like, oh, yeah, we're looking at October. You know, it's like, OK, people are going to panic. There's going to be a buy window for him. And he's a running back. He's a running back. This is such a fickle market. People one of these to- other guys is going to hit, too. And that that's oh, where like I'd, sure. ra- I'd rather throw my dart at one of the other guys in the top five or six here within this list that we have. Yeah. Jalen Wright, you know, <laughs> I was going right. to ask you before we get out of here. One, yeah. one more thing. Kind of, I, I guess, I guess we can't really do favorites because we align on a lot of things here, actually more than we thought we would, but uh, most egregious one. And I think you just said uh, what you think mine is potentially oh, uh, Jalen Wright all the way. That, up wasn't a, that wasn't a slide. That was actually, honestly, I, I do think Jalen Wright, like talk about favorites. Like I, I think I'm too low on him today. I, I absolutely own up to that because I do think that he is someone that could actually end up being top three in this class before all is said and done for me. 
uh, because of all the knocks that we talked about, Blake Horn, Braylon Allen, Trey Benson. I'm a little bit higher on SMA than you are, but, but all of these guys, like it's replaceable. And if Jalen Wright shows out, there's hype about him. He goes again, he goes to a situation where he can showcase his ability. I'm going to be very interested in Jalen Wright because of his athleticism, because of that speed and, and what he can do. So yes, that was not a knock at you. That was more like a, Hey, he can do the same kind of things that Jonathan Brooks does. In all honesty, and as I'm talking this out, like I might need to re-rank these today. So. Literally, if I had to call, like Jonathan Brooks is just slightly better Jalen Wright in my mind. Like they do a lot of the same thing, except one doesn't have a torn ACL. You know, <laughs> it's um, and honestly, just right there, I should probably flip Jalen Wright up to two if I if I truthfully believe that, at least for fantasy purposes. So. It's a it's a fascinating running back yeah. class, man. Just because it's so wild and so variant of what we're going to have here, will it look completely different once we get post combine? I assume we'll have a couple names in, a couple names out. I'm sure we'll switch up our own rankings even further once we get post combine, and then once again once we get post draft. Because truthfully, with a lot of these guys, it's going to be can they have a role to step onto the field if one of the guys in front of them gets hurt? Do they have a role immediately within the NFL? What does Jonathan Brooks' timeline look like as as we learn more information about him? An absolutely fascinating class to see how it plays out over the next couple of months. Again, way too early to actually put I don't know, what what do you call like wax to paper, but it's not wax to paper. Uh, Pixels to screen. Pixels to screen for us. Way too early to put pixels to screen for us, but we're doing it anyway. Yep, absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Again, let us know your thoughts down below. Who are we way off on? Who are who do we leave off of this list that should be in here? Uh, I know Frank Gore Jr. is one that people talk about a lot. Marshawn Lloyd. We talked about Cody, Cody Schrader earlier as well. Dylan Laub. Let us know who your what your thoughts are, how crazy we are for having the ranks that we do. Make sure you do tap into destinationdevy.com and everything going on on the website, all the articles that are being dropped. And you can find us in the Heisman voice chat or in Heisman all day, every day. So again, patreon.com forward slash all gas, get into the Heisman tier or the destination five tier to have access to us and all of the content creators. So let us know your, your thoughts and opinions on this as well. And thank you so much for tuning in to the overreaction podcast.